all the hard names so I didn't have to, right? So good. Thank you guys so much. Wonderful job, everybody. You've all done so good. And Merry Christmas. It's here. We made it. I hope you're doing okay. I'm going to tell you about what my morning was like this morning. And uh, maybe some of you can relate. This morning uh, was kind of the tail end of the rain. And we had been through a whole day of rain, hanging out with the whole family and the extended family. And as you can imagine, a bunch of kids all together in a house for a whole day without being able to go outside. There's a little extra energy. Kids had a lot of energy, parents energy draining. And so it created a little bit of a tension. And uh, so right when the sun came out, Katie made it clear to me and my wife that it was time for me to go outside and also the kids and to take them to get some energy out. And unfortunately, during that uh, time when we went outside, some of the frustrations we had inside carried to the outside. And so me and my seven-year-old son, Remy, were going back and forth for a little while about our frustrations, and we're going back and forth, back and forth. Then all of a sudden, he pointed up into the sky, and he said, Dad, look behind you. And I looked behind me, and there was a big rainbow forming in the sky. And I stood there long enough looking at it to think, all right, maybe I should stop fighting with my son right now. <laughs> it's Christmas. And we saw it as a sign. We agreed that it was a sign that we should have peace. And we moved on to playing games and having fun. And that really illustrates what the theme is for our evening and thinking about Christmas this year, this idea that in the midst of our frustration, in the midst of the difficulty, that God is breaking in. He's breaking in. He's coming. And he's here. He's arriving. And, you know, when we think about breaking in, we don't always have a good connotation to that. You know, there's this little thing we have on our front door called the ring. And the ring is a camera that views everybody to make sure that nobody breaks in or takes packages. And they're worth $1.8 billion today because we do not like people breaking in. And that's, that's a very true statement. But also, interestingly enough, there is one guy that we're happy to have break into our houses. We all know who that is. That's Santa Claus, right? Yeah, the kids got that one right away. He's flying around tonight. He's going to get his big body uh, real skinny to get down the chimney to break in and to leave some gifts. But that's not really my job to tell that story. But I want to use it to just talk about what God could do through Jesus when he breaks in. Because there's gifts that he wants to bring us and to teach us about. And there's also some things that he wants to take away in order to make room for those gifts that he wants to give us. Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about the things that Jesus wants to take away, baby Jesus, and the things that he wants to give us. Let me read you the first one. It says this, God offers peace instead of perfection to navigate a messy world. God comes to take away perfection, but he also comes to give us peace. Today is the day we, we dress up, right? Today is the day where we get into our finest and we come to church and we're trying to make our external world look good. 
I have to admit that when I was my kid's age, that getting all dressed up was not my favorite thing to do. And so if you're a kid right now and you're kind of like, you know, feeling a little hot and a little bothered, I'm with you, I see you, and I understand you. And I still kind of feel like that even to this day as I was getting dressed up. Uh, I was trying to think through what I should wear. But my daughter, Glory, she's the real expert. She's a better dresser than I ever could be. And she wanted to see how dad was doing, getting dressed up, seeing if he was dressed appropriately. And her final comment was just, dad, you put your work clothes on today. (laughs) And she said it in a way as if she had never seen me do that before. Um, And so I thought that was kind of fun. Like, hey, I'm in my work clothes today, yes. And the reason why we get all dressed up is because we want to look good on the outside. But the reality is that we know that we can look really good on the outside and our inside could be all messed up, right? That the world uh, is uh, a place where we want to project looking good, like we have it all together. And yet, what baby Jesus symbolizes to us when he was born in a messy manger with Mary and Joseph and the donkey And what they learned on that day was that even though their big, messy, scary world and their big, messy manger was a very present reality to them and represented a messy external world, that in this baby, it was possible to find internal peace, that God could work with whatever he had to work with And so he gave us baby Jesus to show us that we don't have to have a messy inside. No matter what's going on on the outside, the the insides can be full of peace. And that's the gift that baby Jesus offers us this year. So maybe what we can do is let Jesus break in, even right now in this moment, and take our, our plans for a perfect Christmas for that perfect Christmas card maybe that we wish we could project, for that perfect conversation that maybe we wish we could have with our friends and family, and those perfect presents, and we can instead say, Jesus, would you just give me peace? Because that's what I really want. All these things that I'm doing externally aren't as important as this sense that Jesus is our peace again this year, that this promise of peace that was talked about for hundreds and hundreds of years was true and fulfilled with Jesus' birth and is true right now in us. Okay, the second one that I want us to think about as an example is that God offers hope instead of good cheer in the face of personal disappointment and systemic evil. This year, I got to visit one of our members that turned 100 years old. His name is Vic Kilburn. He lives just down the road. He's not able to come to church anymore, but he looks really good for 100. I'm telling you, this guy looks great for 100. He's getting up, he is very sharp, and he reads every day. And when we showed up, his great-nephew had a display on his birthday, this big 100-year-old birthday, of all of these images of his life. And he also, you know, he got a letter from the president for turning 100. So if you get there, you get a letter from the president, just incentive. 
and, and he had different things that just represented all the various points in his life and what had made it special. And as I was talking to Vic, I didn't get the sense that what got him from, from 1 to 100 was good cheer. You know, this idea that uh, things go right and we feel good about it emotionally, like things are great. Oh, great, I feel so full of cheer. And, you know, we may experience those feelings, which we definitely are lucky when we have those experiences and we should be thankful for them. But that's not what gets you from 1 to 100, right? What gets you from 1 to 100 is something more meaningful, something more powerful. And for Vic, that was hope. And the reason that I know that is because he told me that one of the things that he does every week in his time with Jesus is he gets the prayer requests from our church that go out to everybody, he reads through them, and he takes them all to Jesus. And he puts his hope in Jesus, and he just prays for our church at 100 years old, and he's been doing for many years, just prays for every single person, because he knows even no matter what's going on in the prayer chain, no matter how difficult the prayer request is, that the hope isn't in something we can do, but there's something that God can do. And that's what baby Jesus symbolizes in that manger, is that hope is something that we can rely on, that we can trust in, that hope is what gets us from one to 100 and then beyond, that hope is the thing that we need most of all to keep us going, to keep renewing, to not think that tomorrow will be worse than today, but to believe that no matter what happens in the future, that we still know how the story ends that Jesus is on the throne and he has the victory. So maybe today what we can do is let Jesus break in right now and take away any despair that we might feel, any sadness that we might feel, that things are not as they should be. And instead what we can do is realize that even in those little baby hands was the whole world, that Jesus is in charge and he's taking care of it. And so we can take some of the burdens off our shoulders and put it in Jesus' hands and put our hopes and fears of all the years with him resting in that little manger. Okay, the third thing that I want you to think about this year is that God grants joy rather than happiness because joy can account for suffering while happiness cannot. Just the other day, I read a post that made my heart very glad. You see, I had visited a friend, and that friend was in a difficult situation because uh, she was in the hospital where her mother was there, and she wasn't sure if she would ever hear her mom's voice again. And so we talked for a little while, and then we stood by her bedside, her mother's bedside, and we prayed. And we prayed, Jesus, would you break in? We don't know what to do, but we know you know what to do. So would you break in and be with us? Be with Nancy. And as we prayed that prayer, we didn't see anything change. But then two days later, I, I read this post. This post that said that uh, Cassie, had, who, her daughter, had walked in to her hospital room for the last few weeks had done the same thing she did every time she walked in, which is just to say, hi, mom. And she was expecting to not hear anything in return because that's how it had been every day before. But this day she heard her mother say, that's my daughter. That's my daughter. 
And to hear a mother's voice when you don't think you're going to hear it again is cause for great joy and great gladness. But it's different than happiness, right? People who strive after happiness realize that it's fool's gold, that you can go for more and more and more, and all you realize at the end of it all is that it doesn't give you what you're looking for because that's not what baby Jesus is here to teach us about what real life is like, what real living is like, what it really means to be human and to live a life here on earth. No, here on earth we learn that God paints with all the colors. He paints with red and gold, the beautiful colors, but he also paints with blue and with gray, the darker colors. And it's really the blues and the grays that add depth and dimension to life. And in fact, when Jesus breaks in, the place that he most often breaks in is right in those blues and grays, right in those deep darknesses is where Jesus comes in. And the thing about Jesus, when he comes into the darkness, his gift is to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us in the midst of the darkness, to give us and teach us compassion and to show us that light can shine in the darkness and it can change everything. Our final example is this, that God draws his people into a kind of love that can bear all things including death and the loss of privileges so that the faithful might become agents of the kingdom of God. You know, when Mary receives the news that she will be the mother of Jesus, Scripture tells us what her response is. In Luke 2.19, it says this, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I'm sure the treasure was about how she learned that she would have a massive purpose in world history. And she also learned that what was promised to her people was true. And so it was like a treasure to her. But the pondering was about the future, about how this would be possible. How is it that she would be able to do what she was being told she was going to do and she was being called into? And she knew that it wouldn't be an easy road. She knew that there would be difficulties and then those difficulties were surely realized as a mother had to watch her son die on a cross. Every mother's worst fear. But she did not hesitate to say yes to God's plan. Because she knew that no matter what, no matter what she would have to face and endure, which was terrible, that it was worth it. Because what she would discover is that there is a love that is more powerful than anything on earth. And that's what she found out through her son, this baby who grew up to be the savior of the world. There is a love so great, so large, so wonderful, that it can bear all things. So in this one tiny heart, laying in a manger, there was room 
for all of us, all of the parts of us, every single bit of us, there was room for. And it reminds me of one of the songs we'll sing, where it says this, Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. So maybe right now, in this moment, we can let Jesus break in and take away our natural selfishness and in its place, love like no other that can light up the entire world. And so would you take Jesus up on his invitation to find hope, joy, peace, and love, and let all the other things fall by the wayside so that you can live the life that he has called you to live and that he made possible by being one of us. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this Christmas Eve. I pray your blessing over every person here. May they come to know the truth of who you are, and may it fill them with the sense that they are worthy because you are worthy, that they are loved because you love them so well. And may you give them wholeness, completeness, shalom, that they might know that they were made to be your son and your daughter, and that makes all the difference. In your precious and holy name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.